Hello, everybody. This is Matthew with Tabletop Shenanigans, and I'm here with Nick. And, What's up, everyone? Uh, we're uh, going to go ahead and talk about some ITC today. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the missions available, as well as some of the primary and secondary objectives. Oh, so what mission are we talking about first? Uh, we'll just talk about mission number one. How about that? We'll just start with uh, the very sure. first one. Sure. So the very first mission is called Seize Ground. And if you're familiar with ITC, then you've probably played this one before. Essentially, there are six objectives placed um, throughout the X pattern. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of a uh, standard in the middle. They're 12 inches up from all table edges on the four on the outside. Uh, 12 inches by 18 inches in, uh, and then the two in the center are 24 inches up and 28 inches in. Uh, the player that holds or contest, which is very important in this context here, or contest five or more objectives at the end of their player turn will gain one additional victory point. I actually really like this mission a lot. I remember playing it all the time during um, RTTs and stuff. I actually really think this mission is balanced, but you're, what, what do you think? I think that it definitely favors certain armies over other. Um, Explain. Well, let's go with uh, the, the classic Jakari venom spam oh uh, boy <laughs> you're a jakari player you're playing venom spam you're more than likely going to be the one who is holding or contesting five of these objectives every turn it's almost like a free point for you yeah but i feel like even with the venom spam you are really thinning yourself out and you are not doing much else other than holding the bonuses which is great but I, I think, honestly, as long as you're holding two points, it's okay, right? Like, you're not going to always be giving them the bonus. Yeah, but for an army like that, they're 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 playing more off the secondaries uh, and obviously the primaries as well to hold more, hold one, and then go for the bonus for an extra point definitely puts them in a slight advantage. When you're playing Jakari Venom Span, you're probably not trying to table your opponent, <laughs> Yeah, it's not a very durable army, though. I feel like I could shoot off the board turn three or turn four, or at least be in a good spot. Then again, I haven't played against Venom Spam in a long time, and I feel like, especially for Eldar, they do kind of give off a lot of free secondary points. Or am I crazy? Uh, they can. just depends on what... I mean, obviously, Eldar Flyer Spam isn't giving off a crazy <laughs> number of secondary objectives. Uh... In, in most cases, if they're playing it correctly. Um, well, that's actually a really good point because they do give off a lot of secondary points if you think about it. Pick your poison is very easy with Eldar. Even the, the Eldar fly spam, right? Yeah, big Game Hunter is another yeah, big one. Big Game Hunter is a huge one. Um, Butcher's Bill is also pretty easy to get because they bring, like, what? Four squads of Rangers and then Dark uh, Reapers, the three Venoms themselves in the planes. So I, f I feel like... Secondaries against Eldar are pretty easy, but I mean, that's my opinion. I haven't played against them recently. Gotcha. Well, I just, I mean, really, again, most of the time it's going to come down to the player and how proficient they are with that Eldar army as to how many points they're going to be giving up and how many points they'll deny you from taking. For sure. For sure. Man, Eldar look pretty sweet. Um,. <laughs> What about other armies? Like, what other armies do you think is really good in this mission? Um, 
I think Imperial Guard would have a pretty good oh my goodness. good time of, <laughs> of getting and holding five objectives if they can stay alive on the table long enough, uh, just depending on what kind of threats and what you're bringing to the table. Uh, moving across the table is pretty simple for a bigger army like that. I think armies that struggle would be like Space Marines, um, obviously Custodes, uh, more specialized armies and slower moving armies like that. Hold on, bud. I'm going to put my Gravis tank on top of the objectives, all right? Like, it's going to be on top of the building. It's my objective. I completely <laughs> agree with you there, but you got to get to five of them. <laughs> that's true. That's, yeah. That's very true. <laughs> you got to go for five of those, yeah. Um, so I think it does, you know, Knights players, when you're only bringing, you know, four models to the table, it's yeah. really hard to hold five objectives. <laughs> um, you're, you're almost guaranteed that your opponent's probably going to be picking up the bonus in that case. Granted, with Knights, you do have lots of DACA to, to take care of things that are holding objectives, but... Unholy amounts of DACA. Yeah, unholy <laughs> amounts, yes. Depending, depending. Unless you're playing Gallant, then you just have unholy amounts of Stompa. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Who knew the night feet were the best thing in that codex? <laughs> right. night, night feet for the win. For the win. Uh, so the second scenario here is cut to the heart. Now, this one's an interesting one because uh, this one is definitely more balanced in the sense that it's easier to achieve for every person on the, the every every army that's playing. You simply just have to hold um, the center objective and your opponent's objective at the end of your player turn to gain the bonus. So there's a central objective right in the middle of the table. And then each person puts one in, in the, the opposite side. Oh, no, in, in, their, in their own deployment zone. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 And then oh, your goal is yeah. to hold your opponents in their deployment zone and hold the center one. So it only takes two models to be able to achieve this. Now, this one is not contest. Again, the last one is you just have to control or contest five objectives. So you just have to get there. You don't have to eradicate whoever's on it. And this one, you have to be holding the objective at the end of your player turn. Yeah, that's really good. That's actually really good. I like this mission a lot. Um, there's some shenanigans that happens with that because it, it definitely depends on your terrain placement for the map. Because I know sometimes people can just put it behind a building and they'll never see it again. Because the fact is sometimes it's just hard to get through certain buildings. This is true. I actually have I've played in a recent event and one of the missions was, I believe this particular one is what we were playing, Scenario 2. And just the design of the table was a impassable building in the center where the objective, where the middle objective was placed. And I was playing with my knights and I couldn't actually get into the building to hold the central objective. So it was a literal unachievable sec <laughs> er, primary bonus. Imagine a giant knight outside a building blowing up the building. But nope, can't, nope, we don't own it. <laughs> let me in, let me in. Uh, yeah, this one's a little more, like I said, more achievable for anybody. Uh, most armies are playing with deep strikers. So if it were to be left open, yep. you could get in there and hold the center objective and hold your opponent's objective in the deployment zone. You know, surprisingly, Nerdlings are really good in this mission because the fact that they can just instantly start the game on that objective is ridiculous. Yeah, scouts again. Yeah. Scouts inside of a building holding the middle objective guarantees that you're already holding one of them. Uh, and with only three objectives on the table, getting hold more becomes uh, Very a, much, achievable. a much easier task yeah. when you only have to control two objectives to get it. Um, with the last mission that we looked at, scenario one, when there's six objectives out there, 
you may have to hold three or four objectives to hold more than your opponent, which becomes more of a task and, and you're having to focus more on For that. For sure. Um, so, it's, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough sometimes. Exactly. Uh, so number three is Nexus Control. This is a, a pretty straightforward one here. It's a pretty classic mission in my yeah. eyes. This one's pretty simple. Again, it, it does favor the, the more movie and um, mobile armies out there, uh, considering that in this one you have four objectives that are placed around the center of the table. Um, there's one... That's or the so the two that are centralized are 12 inches up and 36 inches in, and then the two on the outside are 24 inches in and 18 inches up from the table at or from the long sides. Uh, so in this one, in order to receive receive the bonus, you have to be holding all four objectives, which again, much less than five. And if you look at the way, what 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 I really enjoy about this mission is usually there's a giant building in the middle of the map. And these four points are like equidistant from that building. It makes it actually really balanced because you don't have to really worry about getting shot just because you took an objective. On that mean, on that point, you can also take more ground and defend yourself a lot better, which I think is really important because defending objectives is pretty tough, especially with so many things that can just wipe squads of infantry out in one turn and other ridiculous things. It's just, I think it's really important to note that this mission, in my eyes, is really nice. This one would probably be one of the more balanced ones with the number of objectives out there. Um, you're holding one or two objectives, possibly three to get hold more. Um, it's pretty easy to at least hold one. Now, in this one, it's important to note, again, that this one is not hold and contest. It is hold. So yeah. in order to receive the bonus in this one, you do have to be holding, not contesting all four objectives. Um, the way they're spaced around the table, you really are start to spread yourself thin if you're moving to hold all of them. And you have to really, again, focus on that. In some cases, I could see the bonus end up being a trap. Yeah, oh, uh, for sure. It just depends on, obviously, what your opponent's running, what they're playing. If they're playing knights and you're a, a more mobile army, like... Jakari, it's pretty easy to get around and just hold four objectives. Man, we are all about the knights and Jakari today. <laughs> Apparently, well, they're complete opposite. Jakari runs really fast, mobile units where the knights are running more powerhouses, powerhouse, small numbered units. And they're they're fast in their own ways with twelve inches of movement, but you know they're not a transport flying around the table. <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely let's, true. Let's be honest here. Um, so that's that's the third scenario here. The fourth one is what's, what's yours your is mine. Is mine. Yes. Um, now this one is kind of unique, as in uh, for the deployment. There's three objectives that are placed on the table. Or I'm sorry, there's five five objectives placed on the table, and in order to score the bonus in this one, you have to be controlling both the objectives that you placed. No. I don't think that's how that reads. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. cool. Player that did not choose it. So, this one has a central objective, one right in the center. And then you have to place, I think, I believe it's one objective in your deployment zone and one objective in your deployments. In your opponent's deployment zone. In your deployment. Yeah, your opponent's deployment zone. And then you have to hold yours and... Uh, both of yours, so the one in your own deployment zone and the one in your your de 
opponent's deployment zone in order to receive the bonus in this one. That's really wonky. I kind of like that. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a little unique in the in the uh, in the fact that there's going to be five objectives on the table, but in order to receive the bonus, you're really only focusing on the two that you actually place. Right. Which kind of gives you an advantage because you can place it in, in such a good a, spot in, in good for spots you, yeah. for, to defend them or to get to them and hold them. Um, and you're, but the, you know, on the flip side, your opponent gets to do the exact same. They get to place them in, in areas that they think that they can hold or uh, take control of better than. You have to be mindful that this is all also scenario four. Now, as you see, all the even number scenarios are complete deployments, i.e., you deploy your entire army and then your opponent deploys their entire army, which really shakes it up a little bit because you can place the objectives right, but you can honestly. If you don't know how to deploy correctly against your opponent, you can get null deployed and just be baited because games can be decided in deployment. I, I wholly agree with that. And deployment is most certainly where the majority of ITC events are won and lost, whether you deployed defensively, whether you deployed too aggressively and got caught out. Um, if you give your opponent prime targets to shoot at turn one versus when you hide your prime targets and bring them out on your turn one. Um, so I, I do wholly agree with that, that these, this mission in particular, where you're placing objectives uh, that you need to hold, it's very important that you <laughs> deploy them in such a way that when you go to deploy, that they'll be achievable at some point in the game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I remember playing this one at Flying Monkey Con. Uh, actually, just this year. And this mission was particularly tough for me because I played Admech, and I'm not the I'm not the most mobile. I'm not Tau, mind you. But it it's it's rough because these maps are huge. Like you don't think six by four is a lot, but when you're only moving like six inches, advancing D three inches, it's rough, man. It's rough. Yeah, it it is rough to be an Admech. <laughs> I'll give you that. They are not very fast but they do punch hard that's what yep. matters what's crazy is the castle and robots they move eight inches which is the most out of my entire army and they're the most hunk of junk looking mall i've ever seen personally <laughs> well we're getting off topic they just put <laughs> they just put in those new uh transports those those move faster aren't they like oh, 10 man. or 12 the hover, the hover transport you mean the heavy supports oh yes yeah sorry <laughs> sorry yes the heavy supports yeah <laughs> I, I understand that the, they're good transports it's just Man, do they really fill up your slots for um, heavy support? And they attack line of sight. They ignore line of sight. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Well, the only no, only some of their guns, but that's still any, especially ITC-based games where you can only shoot what you can see. Right. And first floor blocking line of sight always. Well, uh, to be able to indirect fire right. is invaluable. Well, considering they're, they're 36 inches, 42 with the uh, the tech priest guy um it's really good for hitting things especially engineers because you know most engineering units are throwaway units anyways and so it makes engineering easier because like oh well i'll just shoot them off the board turn one that way they can't score any points in engineering mm -hmm. secondaries are super important in itc right everyone knows they're important and i think it's honestly just as important to try to null your opponent's secondaries while still getting yours. I think that's a major point that I've noticed that the really good players always will try to attempt to stop themselves from being scored on. 
that makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, that is super important, and I mean that comes down to list building, really. Yeah. I, if I if I build my list in such a way, like if I'm an Imperial Guard player and I bring a hundred uh, infantry, guards, yeah, yeah, hundred hundred or ten, you know, ten squads of ten infantry, my opponent is more than likely going to pick the Reaper because that's almost and a guarantee. Bill. And Butcher's yeah. Bill, it's almost a guarantee that you're going to kill two squads of guards every turn. And that's eight points for your opponent before the game even began right. because you chose to pick that particular type of army. That being said, though, I also think it's important to try to, like, bait out your opponents. Because I've done that many times. Um, it's important to note that some secondaries, like, I don't know, the one that Gangbuster. Mm-hmm. Gangbuster is really easy to score in Admech or Tau or Space Marines even with their three unit, three wound, what are they called? Aggressors? Yeah. And I just think, I just think, obviously, most people gun for those units right away anyways. So it's important to make sure those guys are safe. The whole point I'm trying to make is, it's really important that you play to your opponent's outs and things that you are good with, because I've, I've been tunnel vision before. It's rough. Sometimes you're like, oh, look, there's that knight. That's an easy four points for Titan Slayer. And I just completely missed the ball because I killed the knight. Sure. Cool. There's four points. But I let my field just not be good. Like I've been so tunnel vision that I would lose games. And that does happen if you're not paying attention and you're not trying to. Of course, you have to never forget your primaries. Kill more, kill one, hold one, hold more. Those are super important. That four points a game is usually the difference between winning or losing. You have, you know, the entire game to try and score your 12 points off your secondaries. But each turn you want to maximize your primaries. For sure. For Um, sure. So that's super important that while you want to focus on your secondaries, because they do win you the games in the long run. But each turn, you need to be more focused on achieving your primaries. You'll score more points in primary than you'll ever will in secondary. For sure. For sure. Sorry, we got a little bit off topic, but let's go back to scenario five. <laughs> always, always off topic here. This is, this is part of the shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> so we'll go to uh, scenario number five. This one is actually probably the easiest one to achieve, in my opinion. Now, this one's called Precious Cargo. There's four objectives. They're all placed kind of on the outskirts of the table in each table corner. They're 12 inches in from the long side and 18 inches in from the short side of the table. That Uh, makes a box. It does. It does make a big box that that goes around the like a a secondary box for the actual big box of the table. Um, Now, on this one. After you have determined which deployment zone that you're going to be in and before you actually start placing objectives or I'm sorry, before you start placing units, both players will choose their primary objective or priority objective. Um, And the only the way to score your bonus point in this one is you just have to hold your opponent's priority objective at the end of your player turn to score that bonus point. Man, that's that's crazy. Yeah, so from from some missions where you're holding five objectives to having to hold two to four, and this one you're having to hold one objective, which is... But your opponent chooses it, which is rough. Your opponent chooses yeah. their primary or priority before they start placing units. So they could definitely castle around that to try to deny you the point. But at that point, if they're holding ground just on one objective then you're scoring, you're holding more because you're holding more. For sure. 
Um, and then you just have, you know, you can hide from them easier if they're castled around one place. And while I think it's important, and again, this is kind of the trap or the bait here, is you don't want to give up that point, but it's just one point. And if you're so focused on, I need to castle and defend my priority objective, then you're missing out on getting to hold more. Um, you're obviously going to get the hold one, but yeah. you know, again, if your opponent then holds more then they've already scored that point that they would score from holding the priority objective. So at that point, you've kind of just cost yourself a point by yeah. taking the bait. I also, I also don't like castling because I think if you don't take any risk, you're not going to win any games. That's the problem. It's if, true. If you castle on one point, like you're laying your opponent free reign of the board and board control is extremely important. Um, I know for a fact that some games I could be losing for sure. But since their castles up, my positioning on the board makes to where it's really hard for them to win because they're stuck in one spot and they have to take a turn or two to mobilize themselves again versus already being mobilized, being in a good spot and having board control. Yeah. And this particular mission in general, I mean, you're, I think what twenty four inches away from at least twenty four inches away from any Roughly, yeah. from any other objective on the table. So if you deployed yourself in such a way that it's going to take you three or four turns to move to a secondary objective, you're already way behind the ball on that, and you're you're just sacrificing points because holding two objectives denies your opponent hold more just as much as just holding your priority objective would. And it scores you an extra point, so you actually go positive one instead of just neutral exactly and you you, you want it you want to always be positive because yeah. that's how you win the game you got to have more points than your opponent at the end of the game that's all that really matters uh at, at the end of the game of course now um i do think you know even though i'm a you know obviously if you listen last week i'm a big uh proprietor of gilliman and <laughs> although gilliman's <laughs> castle is no more gilliman is still a thing don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Except me. I'll tell you. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the last scenario is known as uh, Crucible of Champions. Now, as Nick said before, uh, this is scenario number six. So all the even ones are whole deployment. So whoever wins the roll off and uh, or whoever wins the roll off and picks the deployment map and then picks their side, their opponent is going to get to deploy their entire army first and go first unless if you seize the initiative. So you'll want to take that into account when you're deploying. Yeah. The threat of null deployments are so strong in these scenarios. Yes. It really does change the game having to deploy your whole army versus one unit at a time. And it's it's ridiculous because uh, null deployment is a real thing. Yeah. Because I play this mission, again, I'm playing Monkey Con, and my opponent just no-deployed me as Tau. It, it felt bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> it can't, especially Tau, because Tau has the range to, to, oh, yeah. to sit back, hide for turn one, and then on their turn one, come out and do something about it. Rontos are just awful. Awful. <laughs> they are. It's Riptide. Riptide spam with uh, with 30 shield drones is a thing. That <laughs> is a thing. Uh, now, this one's kind of interesting here. Uh, scenario number six is the Crucible of Champions here. Uh, the deployment is, again, kind of in a uh, cross. It's six inches up from the long side um, and uh, 36 inches over from the short side. 
for the two, for the three kind of in the, in the middle of the table. There's one right in the center and then uh, one directly above it, one directly below that. And then on the short side of the table, it's 24 inches in and 12 over. So it's really centralized in the shape of a cross right in the middle of the table. Now this one scoring for the bonus is again, in my opinion, a trap. Now the only way to score this one is to have three models with the character keyword within scoring range of three different objectives at the end of my player turn. So I'm having to spread out my characters. If I'm playing something like Space Marines, where my characters are almost... All buff, buff. Yeah, yeah they're all buff, and they need to be near other units to do something. Um, I'm, I'm probably having to get a little bit out of position just to try and pick up one extra point where I could be focusing on killing more or um, removing my opponent's models off of objectives for hold more just sounds like a nice way to say killing my opponent <laughs> killing my yeah just <laughs> killing my opponent off the table why not we'll just do that why why would i focus on this when i could just table you no but honestly you know that's where i think again you know, a lot of people fall for the trap of oh if i just kill my point my opponent i win the game well if, you're, if your opponent's being smart and maneuvering in such a way that they're scoring they're outscoring you every turn then it doesn't really matter in the end if you get tabled on turn five or six because you've probably sees the yeah. victory in points oh for sure so for sure for sure yeah uh but this one i believe is is a, a really big trap just in the fact that you're needing to uh get into these you know having your characters spread out i think it favors some armies again more than others like it definitely some, favors melee armies or armies like you no know, character heavy yeah like orcs i can just bring six war bosses okay i can't bring six but like i can bring three war bosses some or, big mechs, some weird right. boys. Yeah, and, and have them placed around the table. Uh, armies like Tau, who are going to bring three commanders anyways and going to have tons of board control with their fast moving. Yeah, 20 to 40 that. inches, right? Fusion blasters, <laughs> character sniping, dumb stuff. Exactly. It's not, <laughs> it's not impossible. And this one doesn't say that they have to hold the objective. Again, you just have to have three models with the character keyword in Within scoring range, range. Yeah. so you could take a cold star throw it into your opponent's line like you're going to do it anyways just place it in a way that it's touching one of those objectives while you're already touching two you're probably going to kill whatever you went for and you have an extra bonus point oh, just yeah. just for showing up <laughs> <laughs> it's like a participation award exactly at, at soccer or kindergarten soccer <laughs> yeah yeah i showed up i get i get my extra point congratulations still hangley i'll put on my wall yeah mind you <laughs> Every, yeah, everybody I, I have a couple i have a box at home with all my my participation <laughs> awards so we all get oh man yeah so that's all the objective based missions for as far as the scenario coverage for itc um that we went over today i think it'd be pretty cool if they added new missions that were more focused on like board control and not objective control i think that'd be kind of cool like if you own so much of the board or i know it gets kind of kind of gets uh, a little crazy there i don't know i i just wish they would reprint new missions because everyone's seen these missions everyone's prepared for them i just want something fresh or something new you know yeah i mean there's there's I could see president for that. At the same time, the reason why they haven't changed them is because they're good. They're they're good missions. They are balanced because, like I said, some of these objectives where you have to hold one, I have right. knights and I can hold one objective really well. 
Whereas, uh, <laughs> really, really, really well. Whereas, you know, some of the other ones where I'm having to hold five are more balanced for the armies that are, you know, more more mobile. Yeah. Yeah. No, understandable. So the overall, each scenario obviously favors somebody, but the overall scheme of ITC is trying to take out that favorability and give each army an equal opportunity to do its things. Exactly. So obviously some armies just have better rules than other armies. That's never going to change, right? No. Like, well, the problem is it's always changing and then they get better and then they get better and then they get better. And then eventually they're back to where somebody's completely low tier while the other person's super high tier. Oh, poor, poor grade night players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> grade night players never get up there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's not true. They won. They won a GT in Australia once. I believe it. <laughs> and again, that comes down to piloting. If you're really good at piloting, I'm sure they play for board control. They use their, oh, sure. their their teleportation in such a way that it for was sure. used for scoring purposes and not for, uh, I'm, I'm nine inches away from you now. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to beat with, you with my falcons. With, yeah. with, with my gray knights against your, <laughs> yeah. Man. You know, you know what? I really like, I I really hope gray knights get a buff. They, they deserve one. It's, it's time, GW. <laughs> At least give them something. I mean, the, you gave them Brotherhood of Psychers, but that doesn't help. Cool. <laughs> it doesn't matter when all the characters might do one damage. Yeah. Like, if you look at the Thousand Sun equivalents, the Sorcerers do D3 damage smites. Yeah. Where Grey Knights, even their named character, their smite is one damage. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, the, I think the saddest part for, for Grey Knights is they are put onto this, this battlefield for one purpose, and it's killing demons. And then they went ahead and said, hey, demons, here's a one stratagem. Here's a one point, a one CP stratagem that says if your last model of your unit was destroyed by a Grey Knights unit, then you get to redeploy that whole unit onto the table. So dumb. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, balance. Huh, that's a that's a thing. Wow. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for this week. Um, once again, this is Nicholas Wynn and Matthew Essington with Tabletop Shenanigans. And we will see you all Next week.